Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to Episode 40 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and with me tonight, as always, yes, always, you've been here every episode, Andrew McQuiston. (laughs) Andrew, races down to the final week. We are now talking about, we got days to go, not weeks. Not months. Now we're down to days. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, Time flies. Seems like the season just started. Yeah, it's like you were telling me before we got on. It's, I mean, you could be playing all kinds of obscure players just depending on what you need if you're competing at this time of year. Have, right. You were telling me that there are leagues you're seeing where guys are starting as a ton of closers just because they need saves and that's the category they need. And uh, it's, it doesn't matter at this point. You just fill holes. You may bench. Well, I can't, let's see, uh, insert some Pete Alonzo for some guy who can actually steal a bunch of bags just because you're good on home runs, but need steals. It's kind of crazy this time this week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I want to, uh, congratulate you too on the uh i think your team's got it nl central oh okay well so you know before the year we had our preseason predictions and i picked the cardinals and you picked the cubs and then it was like around the all-star break when we were doing our division breakdowns one of the last ones we did i think was the nl central and at that point i i said and the Cardinals are done. I, I mean, I just don't see it for them this year. But I did joke that the funny part about this is, no matter what happens at the end of the year, if they win the division, I said it all along when I, I said it before the year. <laughs> and if they didn't make it, well, I said just two months ago, I thought they were done. So yeah. I told you, I told you all along we were going to make it. <laughs> the, uh, I tell you, the Brewers just don't stop winning, though. It's technically not over yet. No, the, but the Cubs. The Cubs just aren't the team that's that's there. No, I They're think so the Brewers done. are still four back with five games to go for the Cardinals or something like that. So it, it's going to take a lot for them not to win it. But yeah, it's not over yet. But I was shocked this weekend. I told you going into that series that I'd be I'd be fine with one win. Just one win has us, I think, well, going into that series, were the Cardinals up three games? Is that right? Uh, Yeah, three games going in. Okay, so if the Cardinals had even won one out of four, which for those who are not following most of this year, the home team has dominated the series. I remember the Cubs sweeping the Cardinals in Wrigley that weekend that I was down there up in Chicago, and then the next weekend the Cardinals swept. And I, that trend was going on with these all season with these two, so I was just hoping for one, and then yeah. get, you have the series back home. And well, four one run games that went the Cardinals' way is <laughs> the way it works. I it's mean, wild. great series for Cardinal fans. I I feel for the Cubs. I I really did because I'm not a I'm not a Cubs hater by any means. I actually appreciate how the franchise is run and the things they've done. And I've always thought Cubs have good, passionate fans. So I felt for you guys. I really did. Yeah. They're, 
there gets to a point where I just get numb to it. It's like, ugh, this again, you know? <laughs> it's not like I've never been through that mess. And this weekend was just kind of like... Brought what back Cub, memories. Yeah, yeah, like what Cubs fans lived through the first 30-plus years of my life, you know? But, yeah, it, it was just a rough weekend. I mean, it, Cardinals, I felt like, are the better team here at the end. Especially, you know, it kind of all came to a head this weekend. But yeah, injuries hurt the Cubs, though. I mean, Bryant yeah. rolling on an ankle, and I think that was Sunday, so you really can't count that one. But ha- losing Javi Baez, that, I mean, he's arguably your best player. And yeah. would you say the Baez right now, if, you, if I was, is he your best player, yeah. in your opinion? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Hard to, I mean, that's a big loss. But yeah. Anyway, they'll get strong again this offseason and battle all again next year. And as for the Cardinals, well, it's going to be a tough road ahead of them if they win the division. You get a start right off with Atlanta. And then if you win that, you're lucky enough to beat Atlanta. You probably are facing the Dodgers. And yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a good series. I, I tell you, that's, that's a Atlanta, good series. Atlanta, St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think that might be the best divisional series that we're going to see in terms of. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the American League. We got the good chance. It's hard to know. It's hard to know the matchups in the American League because home field, it's still not determined who's going to get home field. But the Yankees versus the, or, you know, the one seed versus the wild card winner, which will be either the A's or um, Tampa Bay, or is Cleveland still in it? Yeah, Cleveland's still in it. Okay. They're sure. they're all they're all actually close. It, Cle- I think Tampa's a half game up on Cleveland. They're both playing now. Cleveland's going to win. So, pending what Tampa does, but yeah, they're all three pretty close. And then you have that two seed facing the Twins, which that'll be a good series. But yeah, I think the Cardinals Braves is probably the closest one yeah. in terms of talent. Okay. Anyway, now that we're off NL Central talk, um, <laughs> on the last episode, we went over players who have finished strong down the stretch, who may be overlooked due to being around the beginning of the football season. And we looked over the first 15 of the ADP from this past winter and examined how those turned out. And I thought I'd make this easy for this episode being the final one of the season. We're going to discuss some players who had really strong starts to the year, but Finished the year with a thud, but their end-of-season struggles may be masked when looking at their overall stat lines. And after that, we're going to discuss the NFBC ADP of the players ranked from 16 through 30. I mentioned on last episode I had 30 written down, and we went long like we do. And so I thought we'd just go on and cover the second round, this go-around. So, Andrew, you ready to get started on this? Yep, ready. Well, Andrew, just like last week, I didn't tell you exactly how many to to do, and I've written down five names personally. How many do you have? Uh, I wrote down four. I've got another one in mind, too. I could probably do five. Okay. Well, we'll see if we have any like ones here, which I know two of them that you had already talked about a couple weeks ago, and so I didn't pick those, or they would have been on my list. So I know two of yours, but I don't know the other three, which they could match up. Well, 
why don't you go on and do your first one then? Yeah, I'll just start with one of the ones we had talked about. It's uh, Elvis Andrus. Um, I mean, he had a he had a great start to the year, and still overall for the season, his line looks good. I mean, especially for where you got him: twelve homers, twenty eight steals, good average. Um, just hasn't been that good in the second half. So kind of just wonder where he'll be in drafts. I mean, if people are, I feel like a lot of times people focus more on the second half, but I don't know. It's kind of weird with this guy because he's like wrong side of 30 worse second half than first. But, um, you know, it's, it is kind of still a valuable skill set if you can get those steals. So be interesting to see where he goes. Do you think this will affect the second half will affect where you draft him? Because you say that people look at the second half more and they're going to see. I think people just look at overall stat lines more than anything. And yeah. seeing that 12 and 28 with a high batting average, I think he could be drafted much higher than he was this year. And with this slow second half, are you put, taking that into consideration? Let me ask that with drafting a guy like him, or are you just like, Matt, I'm, I'm not worried about it because he had a strong first half and just sample sizes. Yeah, I, I'm factoring it in some, I, I mean, it is one of those things with the, with the steals where if he's getting those, He's going to carry some value. There's just not a lot of guys that run a lot, you know. I mean, there's just more power, more prevalent. It's pretty clear, I mean. But, and I, when I said about the second half, I just mean overall, like you hear people a lot of times say, oh, he had a huge second half or, oh, he did this in the second half. And they shape their opinion around that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's entirely what will happen with this guy, but I don't really know where I'll fall on him. I, I think the position's going to be fairly deep, kind of like we mentioned in the last podcast. But I don't know. I'm looking at it now. 19 steals in the first half, nine in the second. Mm-hmm. You know, if he can steal 25-plus again, uh, that's valuable. But I don't know. I I get nervous banking on it with him for some reason. I think it has a lot to do with his age. Yeah, he's 31, and you could always be, this could be the beginning of a slide. He's kind of had a few of these up and downs, but usually most of the downs before this year, you knew an injury was there. And I don't remember ever hearing anything on injury. And looking at the skill set, the underlying stance from first to second half right now, one thing that sticks out to me looking is his hard hit rate's down 8%. And his medium contact's up 11%. So he's not making a stronger contact on the ball. He's hitting the ball on the ground 5% more of the time, hitting it in the air less. That's not, none of that's good. It could be a sample size thing. It could be worn down. It could be dealing with something. But yeah, that's a definite drop off in skills in the second half. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Well, my first one is a pretty big name when you're looking at the season overall, and that's Matt Chapman. He had a fan, he has a fantastic season line with 34 home runs. 
He's approaching 100 runs and 90-plus RBI going into the final week of this year. I wrote these stats down a couple days ago, for the record. So if it's a little off, that's why. But that came with the first half where he was hitting 268 with 21 home runs going into the All-Star break. All-Star break. He was walking at a strong 11% rate, and he was striking out in only 19% of his at-bats. But in the second half, that batting average has plummeted all the way down to 211. His walk rate's actually the exact same at 11.1%, but the strikeout rate has jumped all the way from 19% in the first half up to 27.7% of his at-bats here in the second half. He's still hitting a lot of home runs, got 13 in the 59 games played, but and he may be fine. This could be just be a small sample, but he also did go with his WRC plus from 136 in the first half to just 106 in the second half. So, Andrew, what do you think of all that? Does do, uh, eyebrow raised or small set? Not really worried. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think overall. Um, I like Chapman more than I did, you know, like say a year, say a year ago, I just mm-hmm. think he's kind of established himself now, um, yes. especially, especially with his defense and st- like, he's just a lock to be in that lineup every single day. And he walks enough that, you know, he should, he should hit high in the order consistently and stuff like that. But yeah, the K-rate bump in the second half is a little concerning for sure. Yeah. It'll be, I'm curious to know where his ADP is at, um, just given the f- fact that they're, I'm assuming he'll be in the fourth to sixth round. And if that's the case, I don't think I'm going to be in on him there just because of this second half. But more importantly, I just that type of player, I don't think I'm going to be targeting as much early just because of the fact that speed's so hard to come by. I think I will be more focused on that and maybe pitching, trying to get pitchers at that point than taking a guy like him. Yeah. All right, who's your second guy? Uh, My second guy is Josh Bell. And not so much that I'm, like, concerned about it, but just a big-time drop-off from the first half. I mean, like, if... It's one of those things, kind of like we mentioned before, if you checked out of this season a little bit early, you you know, everybody kind of remembers his first half. I mean, he was the best first baseman in the National League in the first half. And he's just been an average hitter, 101 WRC plus in the second half, hitting 233, still walking a lot, which is good. Probably nothing to be too concerned with, but definitely a steep drop off this isn't i i've never been you know previous years i guess i've never been huge on this guy i this is kind of like okay now we're getting more back towards the range that i always expected that first half was just an outlier to me but yeah and this is another one where the skills are showing a big drop off when you're looking at Again, hard hit rate. I like to go to that. And his batting average, actually, the first thing I looked at was his batting average on balls in play. And it's really low. What did I see? I think it was in the low 200s there. But his hard hit rate supports that drop in the BABIP with it dropping down from 
49.49.5% in the first half, all the way down to 38%. So he's not stinging it as hard, but he was so awesome in that first half. Yeah, he was. And people are going to be drafting him off of that first first half. I don't think this is going to be one that's noticed as much just because of the fact that the end of season line looks so good still. Oh, yeah. It being 277 batting average, 116 RBI, 94 runs, and 37 home runs. I think that guy's going to be going in the third round in some drafts. And yeah, yeah, it won't be on my it won't be on my team. But yeah, you're, he, you're you're probably right. He he probably will go there. You and me both, though. If he's going in the third round, I'm not buying. Uh, number two for me, this one hurts. This is one of my favorite players in baseball, but it's Whit Merrifield. He's got a season stat line of 299 batting average with 16 home runs and 18 steals. Solid numbers, but not quite the steals owners wanted after leading the American League with 40-plus last year. Still solid stats. But that said, at the All-Star game, he had a 306 batting average with 11 home runs and 13 steals. And while that batting average is still a solid 290 in the second half, he only has five home runs and five stolen bases. And with those five stolen bases, he's been caught three times. Also, concerning those 18 steals for the season, he's been caught 10 times, which is not a good ratio especially compared to last year where he was, uh, that's right, I did write it down, 45 for 55 in stolen base attempts. Steals are dropping. Hard hit rate dropped in the second half. I would say buyer beware on Whit Merrifield if he's going real early next year in drafts. Yeah, Whit, if you're uh, if you're listening, I need you to steal some bases here in these last <laughs> six days. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, if not, his brother is. Yeah. Can relay the message. Yeah, we we'll talk a little bit more about him. He's actually on the list of guys we're going to go through. So, I'll give a few more thoughts on him once we get to the get to that part. Okay. Who's your number three? Uh, three. I've got Jose Barrios. Oh. Um just has not been good lately. Uh, I actually hadn't noticed it too much until I was looking at stuff for this podcast, just because I don't own him anywhere. And I don't know. I just, I just hadn't even realized how bad he's been basically since August 1st, I think his ERA is in like the mid sixes and it's kind of, it's kind of ballooned his season ERA and, you know, surface stats a little bit. I think he's kind. I, I think he's a little overrated. I mean, I think he's good, but I don't think that there's like a, any further level coming with him. I just think he's good, you know. But he he di- hasn't even been good lately, so it's uh, just w- something to keep an eye on. Um, obviously the Twins are going to need him here down the stretch. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. I workload's getting up there a little bit so i'm curious but 436 F- xfip on the season now so uh, what's interesting about that i i didn't even i hadn't noticed i think i had seen he had gotten hit around a little bit but and i remember that he had a really good first half a three era even 
and it's 477 since the All-Star break, and apparently even worse since August 1st, like you said. What's yeah. fascinating with that four, or that XFIP you just said, that three ERA in the first half, his XFIP was 4.4. And meanwhile, in the second half, his XFIP's 4.31. So according to that, he's been about the same pitcher, but in the first half, he was just incredibly fortunate. In the second half, not been quite as fortunate. Interesting. Okay. Well, my last two I have are pitchers, and they are or the fourth one is Caleb Smith with the Marlins, who had a huge breakout in baseball in the first half. At the All Star break, he had a 3 5 ERA with 88 strikeouts and 72 innings. And in his 72 innings in the second half, it's not been near as good. He still has over a strikeout an inning with 76 strikeouts, but his ERAs ballooned up to 4.98 in the second half. Um, the walks per nine were up significantly since the All-Star break. Uh, they were at the 2.6 per nine in the first half, and they're up over a walk and inning up to 3.86. And while the 3.9 XFIP in the first half wasn't far off of that 3.5 ERA, his 4.98 9-8 ERA was actually better than his XFIP here in the second half, which was all the way up to 5.6. So he has really struggled here in the second half after a big breakout in the first half. Yeah, he was going nuts there at the beginning. I mm. think we all kind of expected some regression, but yeah, we'll see. It probably will settle somewhere in between there. Where do you, What kind of pitcher where do you think he's going to be drafted next year just spitballing here uh, amongst pitchers is he a number three four or it might or is he going to be higher uh, i don't know i'd have to dig into it a little bit i'm really not sure it sounds right i top of my head i i don't think i'd be comfortable with him as my three mm-hmm. maybe as maybe as my four but I could change my mind on that more I look at it. I, I got to look at it more. Mm-hmm. Okay. I kind of str- struggle with, like, this guy is the 40th best pitcher versus the 60th best when we're sitting here in September and I don't have all yeah. of it in front of me. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's kind of hard to put a number on that right now, but. I goofed up. I said that was my fourth. I skipped my third one. So that was my third one, I guess. So who's your fourth? One? I, I just had one more, and it's really not a lot to say. It was Brad Hand. Oh, really? And okay. he's just, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, with the reliever stuff, when you're breaking down part se- partial seasons, it's obviously small samples, but um, Walk rates risen each of the last four months. He just hasn't been as good uh, in the second half, especially since beginning of August. So just something to keep an eye on because his season is kind of trending from, you know, from start to finish. It's just getting worse. Um, that doesn't mean that will continue. He could be fine, but um, just hasn't quite been what he was early in the year. As somebody who does not have any Brad Hand shares anywhere in Dynasty Leagues, that just makes me th- reminds me of my hot player to finish the year and James Karinchek. Maybe he can there land that gig next year. 
Who knows? You never, you never know. You never know. Who called every top-tier closer not named Aroldis Chapman being terrible this year? Yeah, we got to have a whole show on that Some one in the offseason. My gosh. That's, yeah. That's been crazy. It's been so crazy. So do you want to know why my redraft teams are terrible? Well, I drafted Chris Sale. I drafted two aces on both teams, one of them being Chris Sale in one league. The other one I took, Cindergaard. And then my other thing is I took two top-tier closers. And I drafted Garrett Hampson in both leagues. <laughs> I just I just think it's so nuts that Diaz and Trinan were the top two. Yep. And Kimbrell. They've just up been there. horrid. Yeah, Kimbrell. I mean, it's just been... Kenley Jansen's not had a good year for him on... Yeah, this. but he's been he's been mostly fine though, compared in comparison to the other one. Agreed. I mean, yeah, it's just uh overall it's been pretty gross if you paid for saves. Yep. Yep. And it and I don't see anybody else moving up into that elite tier like that. I mean Asuna I think probably is, but there aren't many of those guys that are up there to where it seems like from the few podcasts i've listened to where people have talked mock drafts for next year that people are already saying that relievers are going to go later this year yeah this next like, year than like listen to this i've got the top relievers pulled up for the season and this is this is just fan tracks scoring you know standard five by five but mm-hmm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna remove the guys i'm not even gonna mention the guys that aren't closers because there's some there's a few starters mixed in here so you've got josh Hader. Oh yeah, he Which, moved in. There. You know, yeah, he he's all right. Number two is Liam Hendricks, <laughs> who wasn't even on anyone's radar. How many saves does he have this year? Do you have? He that right has there? he has twenty three, but it's more to do with his K's and his ratios. It must be, yeah, yeah, just been dominant. Um, then you've got Kirby Yates, who I I want to say was around like. 18th to 20th closer off was he and eh, no yeah. he was higher i think he was higher than that he was 10 maybe. to 15th but yeah. everybody was certain yeah. that he was closing for a half year and then get traded traded from san diego right. right and he's i believe leading the league in saves uh 40 yeah 41 leading the league um then you've got felipe vasquez which will oh not comment too much on that next <laughs> And then uh, Will Smith, who was another late, you know, late guy. Brandon Workman, Roberto Osuna, Taylor Rogers, Aroldis Chapman, Emilio Pagan. I mean, there's names in here. I mean, there's a few stalwarts that are always there, but um, yeah, just crazy. The, I mean, Emilio Pagan, Taylor Rogers, Brandon Workman. And Liam Hendricks weren't even drafted in any leagues. And they're yeah. like top 10 relievers, basically. And then, yep. you know, a couple of the other ones were mid to late round relievers. So it's just been tough if you paid for saves. Yeah. Volatile gear for closures. Yeah. And that will change. I will, I will say that doesn't mean it will be that way next year. I. I could see people overcompensating and being like, oh, I'm not paying for saves, and then all the studs are studs next year. It, it, oh, doesn't, yeah. mean, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again, but just uh, 
crazy it will year. affect the way people draft, though. For sure. Their ADPs yeah. will be down for the top-tier closers because of that. And yeah, yeah, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm definitely not – I'm not waiting on closures after this because of this. I may not be taking them at quite as early as I did this year, but I was on the extreme end with where I was taking them. Yeah. All right, well, I guess I got the last two. And number four is Manny Machado with the Padres, who started slow in the year, but then he caught fire around midseason. His line at the All-Star break was a 266 batting average, which I do remember him at one point having close to 280 during his hot stretch, 339 OBP and 20 home runs. But the second half brought struggles. In 63 games, he's hit 232 with only 10 home runs. But before I go any further, I'll tell you this. The, the, Machado, these are struggles that I hope people do catch wind of. His hard hit rate... His hard-hit batted profile actually improved in the second half. There really weren't any big negatives when looking at his performance. It's just that his home run to fly ball rate dropped down to 13% in the second half, and the batting average on balls in play was a weak 253. So this is a second-half struggle that I hope people, I hope has people steering away from Machado and drafts. And feel, I, I honestly think he could be a great rebound candidate next year. And it seems like people are sour on him. Yeah, what's funny is I actually was going to mention Machado. And the reason I decided not to was because he's on this list of players we're about to go through. Gotcha. So I just was kind of trying to avoid those guys. <laughs> but but yeah, he qualifies for sure. He's been, I think I saw he's hitting 189 since August 1st. So yeah. it's pretty rough. But I also don't know if it's one of those guys that uh, is going to be hurt too much in ADP, you know, neck going into next year. I don't know. He's such a big name that I don't know if people will. I think people could brush it off, but we'll see. If he was still in Baltimore and done this, I think I would. But the fact that he went to San Diego and he hit like this in a park that people know is a bad park. And they don't like the pod that, you know, Padres typically don't have that type of offense that people get excited about. I could yeah. see it affecting him. I could see yeah. him dropping into the third, fourth, maybe not the fourth, but I could see him dropping into the third round in drafts this year, next year. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. And my last guy is another pitcher, uh, very similar to Caleb Smith. Uh, honestly, I look at these as two of the biggest breakouts that we saw in the first half, and that would be Tigers pitcher Matt, Matt Boyd. He had a great start to the season with a 3.87 ERA, and he was striking everybody out. 142 strikeouts in 107 innings. And in the second half, just like Smith, his breakout hit a wall. 69 innings in the second half, and his ERA is up to five and up just over 5.5 with 5.58. He's still striking guys out. But compared to only having 20 walks in 107 innings in the first half, he has struggled throwing strikes with 27 walks in 69 innings pitched. And his XFIP, 3.39 in the first half, and it's 4.48 in the second half, which is a step down, but it doesn't feel like this has been near as bad as what Caleb Smith has shown in, the, in terms of if you're comparing the two guys. Yeah, yeah, Boyd's a good one, I He's definitely fallen off. It makes me feel a little better about 
trading him before the season and farm <laughs> too. Yeah. But, yeah, basically just kind of had to clear him out because I didn't have room and he was awesome. It's kind of like, oops, I think I made a mistake and I still may have, but it was just this, the second half hasn't been nearly as good, like you said. So, No. He's under team control for a little while and it'll be interesting. Maybe he'll be that veteran pitcher on that team as a few of these young arms come up soon. He'll be yeah, the veteran. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't move him. Yeah. I don't know. It just but seemed like it was a foregone conclusion at the All-Star break that Boyd was going to go to Houston for Kyle Tucker. There were so many there were so many guys I guess I could say that about or so many teams. I mean, at the deadline, like the Giants not making any moves and all that. Yep. Okay. Well, you ready to get into the second half or second round of the ADP for NFBC? Yeah, I don't, I don't think this one's going to be as good as the first half. No, no, it's not. Okay, Andrew, we're going to start right off with one of your cubbies, and that'd be Javi Baez. He had 530 at-bats before the injury, 281 batting average, 316 on base, 88 runs, 29 home runs, 85 RBI, and 11 stolen bases. So I forgot to even say this. This is what we're doing here. If you didn't listen to the last episode, which you can download and still listen to, just go download episode 39. We're talking about ADP. We're and putting and going over the stat line for the player and where their ADP was on NFBC draft data. And I'm asking Andrew to give me a one to 10 on how satisfied an owner will feel for taking that player at that slot how they would have felt at the end of the season. So, Andrew, 1 to 10, how should an owner feel about Javi Baez? Um, I'd say like an 8. 8? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was good year. Uh, a little bit disappointing the end here, just not being available. And... Um, I don't know. 11 steals feels a little light compared to what I expected, but good year overall. Oh, yeah. Well, assuming he had played this final month with health, he probably he would have cleared 30 home runs and maybe tacked on a couple more steals. And there aren't many guys going 30 10 in the big leagues now. Yeah. So, yeah, I have no, I think I agree with that. Uh, number 17, we got Trevor Story with the Rockies, 630 plate appearances, 297 batting average, 356 on base, 107 runs, 33 home runs, 83 RBI, and 21 stolen bases. Man, it it's like a, I mean, it pretty much has to be a 10, I think. I, I don't really know if you took... I don't like handing out tens, and I know I handed a couple out last show, but I, I don't really know if you took Trevor's story in this spot, how you could complain about anything. I mean, he's been a monster, you know. Yeah, so, he's definitely a ten for me. I will. Yeah, it's no, I mean, it can't be worse than a nine and a half. I mean, it's just everything's good and great. I mean, there's nothing to complain about with him. Been there, healthy all been healthy all year too. There's only one or two other guys in the second round of ADP as we're gonna go through 
that I think is even in the discussion with him as happy as somebody would feel if they took him in that spot. So, yeah, definitely a 10. And a lot to pan out a lot better than a lot of these other guys. I tell I tell you, there's there's not too. I don't think there's going to be a spot next year that Trevor Story goes that I'm going to be like that's that's too high. Because I, I don't think he's going to go ahead of you know like Acuna, Trout, Yelich, Mookie. Probably not Bellinger, you know, and maybe one or two others, but. If you wanted to take him at like six or seven, I, I don't. I wouldn't argue that. Does everything hits at the top of the Rockies lineup? I. Yeah, I I've seen a I mock mean, draft where he went mid to late first, and I thought about him like, yeah, I see it. Well, yeah. let me ask you this: Who would you rather have next year, Trevor Story or Nolan Arenado? Man, <laughs> I knew this one was going to get it's you close. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like it kind of just comes down to how I want to construct my team, I guess. And shortstop's incredibly deep. That is one thing there, though. Yeah, those steals, man. That's the difference. It's yes, possibly story. Yeah, it's the track record with Arenado is as safe as it gets. So. But yeah, that it's very close. The probably potentially back to back. Yeah. But I, I definitely think Story's going in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, number eighteen, we got Bryce Harper, six hundred and forty-five plate appearances, two fifty-six batting average, three seventy-two on base, ninety-three runs, thirty-three home runs. Again, this is a few days ago, and I think he's hit at least one or two since then. 108 RBI, so his second year in a row with 100-plus RBI and 14 stolen bases. Uh, Harper's been a lot of di- had a lot of discussion around him this year, being his first year in Philly. And w- Andrew, what score would you give him? Uh, I would give Harper about a five and a half. I think it's been. Not great, but better than better than I'll even say I'll say a six. I'll say a six. I have Harper in um, one league, and I've been fine with it. I mean, it's not unbelievable over the top MVP type season, but it's been a pretty good season. I mean, the average would be nice if it was a little higher. And I'm not saying he was the best pick in this range. He wasn't. He definitely wasn't. But he's not killing you like some people act like he is. He's been fine. He so, has been fine. And my yeah. score was a six also. Again, yeah. we're right in the same line there. The with everybody the next, hitting, I'll tell you I'll tell you right now, the next guy yeah. gets nowhere near the hate that Harper does. Deserves more. And he's been way more disappointing. Agreed. To me to me. Concerning Harper. You know, going to Philly and everybody thought maybe that that Washington batting average last year was some bad luck. And it is surprising to me that he hit 256 again. I I look at this guy as a guy who is a 300 hitter or I have his whole career because of the, I just love that he hit, could hit to all fields. And strikeout rate's going up. I mean, I'm trying to pull it up right now. 26 and a half. It's the fourth year in a row it's gone up. But he still walks at an incredible rate. But 
My only other slight, and it's right now it sounds like I'm hating on him, and I gave him a six, so I'm right in the same line with you. I guess I'm just giving the down the giving this side of the conversation is in the year of the juiced ball where it seems like everybody's hitting 40 to 50 home runs. And that's what people were hoping Harper was going to do whenever he went to Philly in a smaller park. And that's, I think the big thing is the home runs and batting average just aren't what people were hoping, but it's still incredibly solid. He's had a very solid season and a really strong second half. Maybe, maybe signing a new contract. He pressed a little bit to start the year. I don't know. Yeah, but and the, he, he's not going to go where he went in drafts la- this last year. He's going to go lower and could turn into a real nice bargain. Yeah, the 14 steals are a nice, nice, mm-hmm. uh, nice chip in, you know, I don't yes. know how much I don't know how much of that will necessarily be replicated, but I think it's fair to say that. If you think the steals are going down, maybe the power's going up. So it's hard to say, but I, I definitely think Harper gets way more hate than he deserves. Agreed. And now we're going to talk about the guy you were just alluding to, Paul Goldschmidt. 649 plate appearances, 256 batting average, 345 on base, 91 runs, 31 home runs. 91 RBI and two stolen bases. And Goldie wasn't in our dynasty startup discussion, and we haven't talked about him too much this year. Where are we at with Goldschmidt now in fantasy leagues? And is he more name than production? But I guess I shouldn't have asked you any of that yet. First off, what score would you give him? Um, Like a three or a four, three and a half. Okay. That's, I know you like to go in between. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's just funny. Like all the hate towards Harper Goldschmidt goes that pick after, and there is not one category that Goldschmidt's been better than Harper, mm-hmm. but yet you never hear anybody hating on Goldschmidt compare, you know, in comparison to Harper and the next guy too. Yep. Same thing. It's not, you know, the Harper hate. It's just, it's just so over the top. But with Goldschmidt, I mean, I think that with him, what his value going forward is go like where it's going to make the difference is in his batting average. This year, he he's hitting two fifty six. I mean, it's not good. But I mean, I still think that next year or going forward, he can hit like 290, you know, and then all of a sudden it looks good again. But he just doesn't have, I mean, the speed is gone, and he doesn't have elite power, you know. It's just, mm-hmm. it's good power, but it's not elite power. He'll always be, uh, you know, a mainstay in whatever lineup he's in. You know, he gets on base and, He's professional hitter and stuff. It's just this is probably close to his floor for batting average, and I I fully recognize that. But it's still a disappointing year with the juice ball and all mm-hmm. that. It's like these are pretty ordinary numbers aside from the runs and RBIs, which is just counting stats that are product of being in the lineup every day. But thirty one homers, two steals, and a pretty blah average. I mean, 
that's you can find that that's very common these days. It's a good thing he's a first baseman. That's a shallow position, yeah. Tip what people are saying, but I he was my I think second top of the second round pick in our draft and hold leagues, and yeah, he's another one of the reasons why I'm not doing as well as I hoped because he didn't do what I as well as I'd hoped in terms of the. You know, it's an on-base, so it's not quite as bad, but 348 on-base. Looking at his underlying stats compared to every previous years, really I don't see too much troubling about him to where he, I could definitely see what you're saying with the rebound candidate getting him back up to 290. But hopefully this that's the case, and this isn't just a player who's aging and starting to show the decline at the plate. This, the steals are gone, but hopefully he can at least get that batting average and on base up there a little higher. Isn't it, isn't it kind of weird to you? I mean, this is, it's just weird to me that, you know, all you hear about this year, it's, you know, juice ball, juice ball, juice ball, but it's like some guys it's made a humongous impact. Mm -hmm. Like, like Jorge Soler, you know, this Mm -hmm. guy's got 45 home runs and has completely changed from the player he was a year ago. And then you have guys like Bryce Harper and Paul Goldschmidt, who have been stars for years, and their power hasn't gone up at all. It's if just, anything, it's gone down. Yeah, if anything, it's gone down. Yeah, it's just weird to me. I mean, I don't know. And some of these guys have totally taken off because like Max Kepler is another one. Yeah. He had a ton of bombs this year. I don't know what he's at. I want to say upper thirties. Yeah. I think he, I think last I knew it was 37. And it's like the most random weirdest thing, but then you have other guys that they're not going up at all. I don't know. It's just, it's so strange. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. And, and better and better players too. Mind mm-hmm. you, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. Bryce Harper, Paul Goldschmidt, and number 20, who we've already discussed in the last segment, Manny Machado, Yeah, who we'll just move on to him. 642 pl- 640 plate appearances, 252 batting average, 331 on base, 79 runs, 30 home runs, 82 RBI, and five steals. Yeah, I'd put Machado at, about where I put Goldschmidt, like a three, three and a half. It's yeah. been a pretty disappointing season overall. I yeah. don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, I'm not specifically worried about him going into next year or anything, but that's not what we're doing here. You know, it's like grading the season, and it's. I mean, if you took Machado in this spot, you're not happy. You know? Nope. This has been tough. You know, steals are the thing that's hard to find going into next year, and I kind of feel weird with these guys like Goldschmidt and Machado, where it's like I could see them rebounding, but on the same note, they provide what they're providing is something that's a lot easier to find than it is in yeah. the speed category. Exactly. Where I might still be part of the process of moving these guys down draft boards. But yeah, that's it's going to be it's going to be very awkward. I, I can already see it. It's going to be very awkward next year having guys like this that have been stars and you feel like you can bank on their production, 
but you know, down year a little bit or whatever. I mean, these three they kind of almost go together: Harper, Goldschmidt, and Machado. It it's all been a slight letdown. I mean, me and you are fine with Harper, but there's a lot of people that aren't, and it's just when you're comparing these guys to Jonathan VR. I swear that was the exact name I was, I was just about to say. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, I mean, I think we can all agree that these three guys are better players than Jonathan VR, but you know, 35, 40 steals ain't happening with any of these guys. And that's a, that's a lot. And it's there and it's that, you know, it's insanely valuable in the game today because nobody does it. So, or not many guys do it. It's just, it's hard to, you know, sitting there in a draft. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's going to be tough. Awkward for sure. I agree. I agree. It's going to be, I've, as you were talking that whole time, I'm like, well, this is a conversation where there are going to be people. And I, I don't think I'll be in that group, but I don't know yet if I'm like, that would take VR over Harper, Goldschmidt, and Machado. I think, I think another guy in that, like Robles, your boy Robles. I mean, he, with the power and speed and his age and stuff, he's going to be pushed hard too. I know it. He'll probably be just, pushed too hard for me and redraft. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he'll be there with these guys, but he may not be too far behind him when you consider mm-hmm. the fact he can steal 30 plus. Mm-hmm. It's just weighing those guys against these guys and, it's, a lot of it comes down to team construction. It's going to be a challenge for sure. Yes, it is. Well, we'll move on to 21 where we got a pitcher, Justin Verlander, 212 innings, 2.5 ERA, 0.78 whip, 20 and 6 with 283 strikeouts. 10. 10 it is. I read today that he has the lowest whip since Pedro Martinez in 2000. I was wondering. I don't remember ever seeing a whip yeah. that low. Yeah, I thought Kershaw had one year where he had a point. Uh, it might have been .83. I don't know. It was really low. But, yeah, I did read that today. So, pretty nuts. Verlander, your number one pitcher next year, you think? Uh, possibly. I think that Verlander, Cole, Scherzer, and DeGrom are the, are the ones with an argument. Yep. And I don't know how I would order them yet, but I think that they're the four that people will have at one. Yep. You know, different, different people will have it at one. And I wouldn't argue any of them in whatever order. I don't think I would either. I, a lot of it, where Cole signs is going to matter a lot, I think. If if he stays with Houston. He's versus, not just staying in Houston. <laughs> versus, versus going somewhere else. I I feel like eh, we're going we're gonna to talk Cole in a moment, so we'll, I'll circle back to that. Move on to Freddie Freeman at 22 here 678 plate appearances 298 batting average 392 on base 112 runs 120 rbi 38 home runs and six steals 
10. You know what's nice I mean, about it? How can, how can you, if you took Freeman, and I, I have Freeman in one league, and I'm going to win the league, and it's like, how can you complain about this? It's like with Story, you know, it just the guy is doing more, actually, than I even expected. But if, if they do what you expected, I mean, it's perfect. I don't, I don't get how you could say anything negative towards Freeman this year. Everybody who took Paul Goldschmidt a couple picks before Freeman would much have rather taken Ooh. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah. And if I recall right, Freeman didn't even hit 20 home runs, or maybe it was in the low 20s or high teens last year. He definitely found the power stroke this year. Yeah. Good for him. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just looked at the next name. Oh. 23, Giancarlo Stanton. In 48 plate appearances, when I wrote this, he had a 300 batting average, a 417 on base. It doesn't matter. He had 48 bat plate appearances. That's what matters. Andrew, yeah. give me a score. Yeah, so I actually had this guy in a couple leagues, and I'll tell you, it, zero isn't low enough. <laughs> I said one to ten, but I'm yeah, going to accept I mean, a zero for him. Yeah, jeez, man. Just brutal. I mean, there's really nothing to say. He's just been hurt the whole season. So I, I, the- do, I do think, though, I, I'll say this. I do think I'll own him again next year. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. I curious to see. You know, he's going to go lower than this, but um, I think people overall, and we've kind of mentioned this before. I know I have, but I think overall people overreact to previous injury, mm-hmm. and I don't think that because he was hurt this season, it means he's going to be hurt next season. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't believe that. So if people do and it creates a buying opportunity, I'll probably be in. I mean, I still think Stanton has the most power of anyone in the game. And I know everybody in the league's hitting for power, but not like that guy. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's been an awful year. You just move on. But I don't think that it factors in too much for next season. So I agree. I'll probably be willing to buy him next year, but I'm curious to see how much discount there is. I think some of it, some people will still, you know, be fairly aggressive because I mean, everyone knows he has as much or more power than anybody. So I think he'll be in that two, three wheel. I think that's where he's going to go. I think they'll still push him up there. Maybe really? top of the third. And if that's the case, yeah, I'm in on him too. I, I'm not taking it, get, putting hardly any factor into what happened this year with him. I, you know, we were talking about Harper, Goldschmidt, Machado. I could still see any of those guys hitting home runs in the low 30s easily if playing a full season. I can't imagine that out of Giancarlo Stanton playing in Yankee Stadium over a full season. I just, yeah. it's hard for me to imagine that. I think that guy. Every you projected one of your bold predictions was he and Judge combined for a hundred home runs and yeah thanks, next year. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hey, that, that's that's not a bad pick. That's bad luck. Yeah, and I could totally 
see doubling down on a bold prediction like that. I uh, I don't think he's going to go with the two three wheel. I think he's going to go after that. You think so? Well, yeah. in that case, I'm going to own Stanton. Cause... I think he's going to go in. I I just I don't think he's going in the first two rounds. So at least the third, but we'll see. I mean, that's something you just kind of let the dust settle in the offseason, see what happens. But a fun comparison, Giancarlo Stanton for people or Pete Alonzo then. And who, yeah. who, who goes first? The, yeah, guy, I, the guy who just hit 50 but doesn't have the track record or the guy who was hurt all last year but has the track record? Yeah. That's good. That's a good one. I mean, one thing in Alonzo's favor is the position. I uh-huh. just think first base is going to be tough to fill, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd be tempted to take Stanton there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that up on Baseball that's, 365 today. That's a good. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. it's a bad. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't ask that question now. Everyone's going to say Alonzo. I know it's such. It's just such a bad time. I mean, the 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 thought right now, like fresh off of that season he's having, it, it's like not even. Believe me, that's <laughs> what I should nobody, do. Nobody's answering now and then do it again in January. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I want to see just how lopsided it is. If that's the case. Okay, moving on. We got Garrett Cole, as we were talking about, two hundred innings pitched. 18 and 5. I think he's got a 19th win since I typed that. 302 strikeouts, 2.6 ERA, 0.91 whip. Man, these last few have all been either one complete end of the <laughs> spectrum or the other. This is number Ten. fourth in a row. Yep. The 10. It's him or Verlander's winning the Cy Young. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, 300Ks. That's all you need to know. Yeah, he's been awesome. And I think I really do think the two most likely places he's at next year is the Yankees because they need pitching. I think that's the most likely. But I don't remember who I heard this from. It may have been your buddy Bob Rag, but I could totally see the White Sox jumping in on him. And that is fascinating to me to think about them with all their young up and coming bats. You know, they're going to have. Um, Oh, shoot, I just blanked. Luis Robert coming up with Eloy, Mancada, Jose Abreu. I think he's still there. I can't remember for sure. They've got a lot of young bats. And then they've got Giolito. They have Michael Kopech should be back. And you throw Garrett Cole at the top of that rotation. And they must, I don't know what their payroll flexibility is right now, but they don't have many big contracts out there. They could make they could make a run at him, and I think it'd be freaking awesome if they did. I think it'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that because of your Chicago Cubs fandom? Yeah, God, I don't want. <laughs> I definitely don't want that. Jeez. Well, that might be a nightmare coming true for you this off season. I just I can yeah, see I don't, it. I don't know. I. I, I could see it, but I could also see a lot of teams. Like I feel like we, and when I say we, I mean all, I mean everybody thinks they know where guys are going, and then it it's never what you think. It's just I, 
I don't know. I could see it, but I could. there's plenty of teams I could see. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I'm cheering for the White Sox. Telling you that now. That's <laughs> just, I don't care about the I'd White rather, Sox. I'd rather them go to the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot right there. <laughs> but I guess any Cub fans listening to this is probably agreeing with you. Yeah. All right, number 25, Aaron Nola, 196 innings, 12-6 and six record, 3.75 ERA. That, that's come down a lot after a pretty rough first half. 1.26 whip and 220 strikeouts. Uh, I'm going to say like a six and a half. I, I had him at six. Been, yeah, I think it's been like... Good, not great. He's at least stayed healthy. I mean, most of the time, these top end pitchers, they, you know, stay healthy. They're providing at least some value. If it's not second round value, it's, you know, fourth, fifth round, whatever. It's not killing your team. He didn't kill anybody's team. Hasn't been quite what you'd hoped, but. I think it's fine. You know, I thought he had a rougher first half than he did, and he just had a rough March and April now that I look. 5-6 ERA at the end of April. And, I mean, his ERA in the first and second half are 3-7-4 and 3-7-7. So that's better than I thought it was. It was just a rough April in March to where I was thinking he would probably have been a 3 in the first half, and that's why I went and looked. But, yeah. I had a six overall, so we're on the same line there. Uh, next up, 26, Charlie Blackman, 610 plate appearances. He has a 317 batting average, 364 on base, 109 runs, 30 home runs, 82 RBI, and only two stolen bases. Uh, probably like a six. So, yeah, stay about about what I said with Nola. Six yeah. and a half. Steady, yeah, not been, uh, blown you away, but he stayed healthy. Yeah, no, the running's kind of gone away, but he's just produces so many, like so much average and runs scored at the top of that lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as he's hitting there, probably will continue to. Can't really count on him for speed anymore, but. Everything else should be pretty good. So, Agreed. Uh, number 27, Corey Kluber, who missed most of the season with an injury. And if I recall, it was not a throwing injury. I think it was a comebacker. And he's only thrown 35 innings. And even then, it's in that small sample, he struggled with a 5.8 ERA. And so what would you give Kluber? <laughs> like a one. One is correct. I mean... Yeah, I don't even know what to think of him anymore. I really don't. I don't. Yeah, I almost, seems- I almost feel like, you know, what the status of his his injury is right now. I think he was throwing. I went and looked it up. I'm loading his Fangraphs page right now, but I think he was a yeah, long toss from a hundred and feet with good intensity last Thursday. John Morrissey of the MLB Network reported. So, 
He should be. I mean, I think if they were to make it into the playoffs and make it into the, like the ALDS or something, we might be able to see him pitching in the bullpen. I'm trying to, but I don't think we're going to see yeah. much of him until next year as they gear him back up. Yeah, he's going to go way later than this next year, obviously. Oh, yes. I mean, it's just not even I, – I honestly don't even know what to think. I don't even know if it'll get to a point where I'm in. I have a feeling I'm just going to be out. But yeah, I do tend to – when guys slip so far, I do sometimes tend to bite. I don't know. We'll see. But he's going to have to slip really far. I agreed. It's not uh, – not too into the Kluber anymore. No, it, there were some war, a, peop, a few warning signs last year going late in the year, and it carried over into not looking pretty early this year, but it was a small sample. He didn't ever get time to get it right. Yeah. And speaking of that, number 28, Blake Snell, 103 innings pitched, 6-7 and seven with a 4-1-9 ERA. One two two weapon, one hundred and forty strikeouts. I'll say like a two and a half. Okay. Pretty brutal. Um, still think he's probably okay going forward, but I'll uh, I'll pat myself on the back for this one. I wanted nothing to do with him at this price. Yeah. I. I wasn't really quite up there with where his price was. I was higher than you going into this year, but I think he was going in the second and third round. I would have taken him more in the late third or early fourth still. I was confident enough to do that. It was a rough month stretch there before this. Before I'm trying to pull this up just to make sure I have this right, but I think he was pretty good until a rough June. Yeah, April and May weren't bad at all. And then June was just absolutely awful. His underlying stats show bad luck in terms of 4.2 ERA, but a 3.28 xFIP. Uh, walks 3.29 per nine, which is not too far off as normal, and striking out a lot of guys. I could see if he drops much from last this last draft. I could see myself drafting him a lot this next year. I'm. I think I'm going This is one that I'll be in on if he drops much. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know who's going to be like the Nola Snell next year? Um, Shane Bieber. Oh, yeah. I can totally buy into that. And I he's going to go he's going to go in this spot. He had one good. He's had one monster season. Everyone's going to love him and he's going to probably slightly disappoint. I. I could, I could I just, totally see I, that. Yeah, I just feel it. I mean, I, these these guys that you know the one blow up year and then they're going in the like late second round pitchers. I just don't want anything to do with them. I'll take Garrett Cole. I'll take Justin Verlander. I'll take these other guys. But aside from you know, even like Strasburg and stuff like the guys that I just know have done it over and over, but. The guys, like I'm telling, Bieber's going to go as like a top ten pitcher. I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that. And, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, whatever. If he does it again, he does it again. But it's just then he's on your list. Just, yeah, it just isn't going to be something I'm probably going with where he's going to be going. 
you know, talking to you a lot over the last year or two about fantasy baseball, I think that's the number one thing I've, I'm adopting from you is blow up pitchers after who do it. Not maybe not in their rookie year, but you know, third, fourth year after a few years of, of consistent, maybe less production and then blowing up, you know, being more skeptical, not saying always being skeptical, you know, you can, there's always exceptions, but just being more cautious with it. And more often than not in the last few years of talking to you, you've been right over this. And, you know, I do remember you not being as high on DeGrom, not to, not near the Snell level. And he repeated, but, and I, like you're saying now, okay, now that he's done it two years in a row, you've got him as a big four. And yeah, but on the same note there, I've seen so many other instances of guys have the big year like Snell and this happens. Yeah. It's definitely not something that you're going to be right or, or wrong really on every single time, but it's just, I feel like, um, over time you're going to be right more than you're wrong. If you just bank on that stuff, like, uh, Beaver's definitely a different pitcher than, people thought i mean he's added velocity and you know he's he's is is a stud but i just know that everyone's going to be buying in next year it's just going to mm-hmm. be like he's going you know super ace he's awesome and that's that and i don't know i just i'll probably feel more comfortable just letting someone else take him and figure out my pitching another way we'll see where he where he goes maybe i could be wrong on that but that's just my—it's just my vibe. I think he's that guy. There's probably another one too, but I, that I'm not thinking of. But he's just the one that I think of because most of the other ones, I feel better. You know, they've just done it more, and I just feel more confident in. I think he'll be like a early to mid fourth round pick, maybe even late even, third. Even Bueller too, when I did mm-hmm. somehow didn't mention. Okay, well, we get number twenty nine. We got Whit Merrifield, and we I've already mentioned him. Seven hundred and twelve plate appearances, two ninety nine batting average, three forty seven on base, one hundred and one runs, seventy four RBI, sixteen home runs, eighteen steals. Uh, I'm gonna say like a five. <laughs> I um, was writing down five for myself. Probably being too hard on him saying that he's had a good season but his number one appeal in fantasy was when he's stealing 34 and 45 bases like he did in 17 and 18 this year he has two there this year he has 18 so going from 34 to 45 steals to 18 is a disappointment i don't care how you slice it with a guy like this that's what drives everything. So, yeah, he's still good. I mean, clearly, he across the board production, but the steals aren't what they were. And at age 30, you wonder if they will be. I mean, jury's probably still out on that, but the second half definitely has me a, a, has my eyebrow raised in terms of the stolen base drop. So, yeah. All right, number 30, Andrew Benatendi, 603 plate appearances, 268 batting average, 345 on base, 69 runs, 
13 home runs, 68 RBI, and 10 steals. I'd say like a three. I think it's really disappointing, the season he's had. Um, one thing I'll say with Benintendi, I've always been a Benintendi fan. I have a feeling I'm going to own him next year. I believe in the hitter. I think this is like worst case scenario, pretty much. And I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll be quite a bit cheaper next year than this. I think he's going to slide a lot in drafts because of the year. I mean, it's been a tough year, but I, um, I definitely think I'll be investing in him next year. Yeah, I could definitely get in on him. Again, this is a five-category guy who he's missed some time this year with uh, getting dinged up a little bit to where those numbers could be a, cu- a tick higher. Last year he went 16-21, and 21 and he's missed 15 games or so. That could easily be uh, the, the home runs matched right there. And then, man, between that and finishing out this week and then getting a couple more steals and could be real cl- approaching those. And just a batting average that was down this year and we know that's that can be very luck based to where yeah i could get on him too yeah i definitely i definitely think he's gonna drop like i said i I wouldn't be surprised if next year he's like like a sixth round pick i think he's gonna drop quite a bit all right andrew so when we did this last week and went over the first round the average or the total score compiled of those first 15 was 109.5 in terms of satisfaction score. And this one is quite the step down at 84 and a half. So we're talking about a five and a half average score as compared to the first one. I think that's that's a seven average score. So definitely some more misses here in this one. And, in terms of the 1 to 10 score, five of them finished between 1 and 3, or 3.5, three and, and then four of them were 4 to 6, and then there were still six of them that hit with a 7 to 10 score. So, more of a mixed bag in this round. Yeah, it felt like a lot of extremes with these guys, just a lot that were either totally awesome or horrendous. Especially so. right there in the middle. Of that yeah. round, yeah, just a lot of that. But anything if you drafted, if you drafted Sale and Stanton as your first two picks, there's always next year. <laughs> I drafted Sale and Goldschmidt as my first two picks Ugh. in my one snake draft. Yeah, that's rough. It was a rough year for me in terms of redraft leagues, but uh, the thing that. Cardinal fans used to always make fun of Cubs fans for. There's always next year. Yeah, <laughs> That's the beauty of redraft leagues. You can reset and try yeah. again, but you know, looking at this, I don't know if there's much I really learned looking at this and looking at these ADPs. Anything you're taking from this? No, not specifically like from these guys that we talked about tonight. I like I mentioned uh, the other night, it just—I think that the steals guys are going to get pushed up next year. I posted in the group today. I there was or this year, there's 
19 guys with 20 steals, and there's 124 with 20 home runs. <laughs> Good lord. You know, 20, 20 plus, obviously, but yeah, it's just just bonkers. I mean, I looked at last year's to see what it was, just in comparison to see if it was off, and it was uh, more guys with the 20 steals and less guys with the 20 homers, so. I didn't go back farther than that. It's just something that happened to catch my eye when I was checking it leaderboards. But And it seems like we've been talking for the last two, three, four years that the stolen bases are dropping. So this is a trend that keeps continuing. Yeah. And they're getting harder and harder to come by. And I do, agree. I do think that steals are going to get pushed up as guys like Paul Goldschmidt, Bryce Harper, I mean – uh, like we said before, Jonathan VR is going to go ahead of Bryce Harper in drafts next year. Not all drafts, but there will be drafts where that happens. Yeah, I I think that if you can get, I mean, anybody that can steal, I mean, a combination, I guess, of these three things, can steal 20 plus, 20, 25 plus, isn't a zero in power. So I'm talking like not Malik Smith, D Gordon, just a guy that has some pop double digit power. Yeah. Yeah. 15, maybe something like that. And then playing time. If you have those three things, that's really, that's, I mean, those are the guys you want because you can backfill with power, 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 mid, late, you know, rounds of drafts, but, those guys with stolen base potential, they're gonna be they're gonna be valuable and it's gonna be difficult, I think, to find those guys beyond the early rounds. It's just gonna be tough. Everyone's Agreed. gonna everyone's gonna be in on them, so Tommy yeah. Edmond. Tommy Edmond was actually crossed my mind fifteen seconds ago as you said they're gonna be hard to find. Yeah. I'm like Tommy Edmond, I can see that being my guy who I'm trying watch, to snag but, late. But watch, he's going to go like way <laughs> high. Don't, way, don't say it. Yeah, like way higher than we think right now. I, I don't think it'll be way higher, I guess. But you get what I'm saying. I, I It's not like he could catch steam, though, this offseason. Yeah. As I people are see, looking and seeing what least, he does in a half season. Yeah, at least a little bit. He could. There's a chance that Cardinals maybe trade a guy uh, f- from their crowded infield. And if they say something like Tommy Edmonds going to be our starting third baseman yep. and they trade Matt Carpenter, he could get that type of helium to move him into the top 10 rounds. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think it'll get crazy high or anything. It's just, yeah. Like ninth, 10th round, eighth. Yeah. Eighth to tenth round, somewhere in there. If if all that happened, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's. Expect. What's he going to be? What's he going to be eligible? I think he's going to eligible. Second, at third, second and outfield. third. I don't think he's eligible at outfield. I yes, think he is. He, I think he's only got like twelve games. I'm pretty positive. I looked at it just the other day. Maybe 12, I got him mixed up with twelve meter. Yeah, twelve to fifteen games or something like that. I'm pretty oh. sure. I mean, depending on your rules, but. That's surprising to me. I thought that was a definite. Hmm. Yeah, I had had looked at it. Pulling up right now. Yeah, you're right. I need need him 
I need him to be outfield eligible for RM3 because that's where I need to put him. <laughs> but he's not going to get there. So I had to have him in both of my dynasty leagues I play in, and I already had decided in RM2 that I was going to have him as an outfielder. Guess not. Yeah. As I was just kind of looking, I should say, as I was just sitting here playing around and projecting my outfield for next. So, like I mentioned, like I mentioned Edmund to somebody today. We were just talking about, I don't even remember, it just something came up, and I was like mentioning how I liked him um, going into next year if he has a job and stuff. And the guy was like, Oh, me too, totally. Like he was all over it. He was all over it. Like, oh, crap. And I'm like, jeez. So, how many people, you know? You so, may be yeah. high on him right now. And then yeah. you may be saying the exact same, exact opposite in January. Yeah. People have gone yeah. crazy with Tommy Edmund. I tell you what, if they if that happens with that guy, I'm going to be like, <laughs> man, I'm never confident in anything ever again. <laughs> it's just crazy. All right. Well, here we are. Final couple days, Andrew. I know you've got a couple of titles that you're chasing and, and tight races on, and I wish you luck. Thanks. And it's going to be fun final days here to see who gets into the playoffs. And right now, our goal is to get a playoff episode right here after the season ends. Hopefully, next Monday, we're going to try to record an episode for you guys previewing the playoffs. And then we've got some fun stuff coming up after that. I mentioned it last episode. I've got some plans for some fun things we're going to do. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. We'll try and get one in before the wild card games. And if not before, definitely around that time, but before the division series for sure. But yep. yeah, it'll be, uh, be fun. It's exciting time. It's kind of sad. The fantasy season is coming to an end here, but we'll be doing shows throughout the off season. So, yep. We will. We're going to talk about prospect lists. I think Andrew's going to work on some stuff. I've talked about making a top 100 dynasty list, and Andrew can tell me how terrible mine is. And <laughs> talk. we're going to talk positional breakdowns better, like more. I guess we talked about them pretty good in depth last offseason, but maybe splitting those up a little bit and do some mock drafts. I, I think we're going to make this offseason go fast. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. We'll cover a lot. Yeah, for sure. Baseball lives 365 days a year. I think that's what the <laughs> saying is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, then, I got nothing else. You got any final words, Andrew? Nope. That'll do it. Okay. Well, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.